0: Feel real good, alright. Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good.
1: Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what we're going to talk about here, fam. The Flyers are not making this easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're making their own jobs very easy. They do nothing. The team is exactly as it was. Uh, and that's, that's what this offseason is. Congratulations, you have Tony D'Angelo. Let's go out and be somebody. Uh, So we're going to get into whatever the hell we can about the Philadelphia Flyers, and I bet you it's an entertaining hour, so let's lead it off with introductions. Start it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle.
2: One of my favorite things, and this is like very stupid, no one else is going to think this is interesting, but when Steph counts us in, she does one, two, three claps when bill counts us in he does three three, two one clap yes and it's just funny because you two really are just like completely opposing sides of like every (laughs) single spectrum so it's just funny that you do it the opposite way anyway i've gone ahead and talked myself into being positive about the flyers again i don't really know how i did it i think it happened um i got asked to do some weird like twitter spaces hangout thing um that ended up being, like, a bunch of, like, Flyers Twitter people answering
1: questions about the Flyers. It was strange.
2: Anyway, somehow during— how
1: obsessed we are with this fucking—like, who would want to talk about the Flyers?
2: Yeah, Callie, would you like to talk about the Flyers at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday? And I'm like, yeah, I would. No, <laughs> I had plans wh- to why? blow my
1: fucking brains out, actually. Why did I want
2: to? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, somehow during that—like, it was like an hour and a half. And I didn't say anything positive about the team. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe. So, it's, you know.
1: No, I'll tell I'm you a psycho. There's something wrong with me. The exercise we're gonna go through when we get into this show, it actually has filled me with more optimism about this team. There you go. And um, it's not for good reasons, fam.
0: No, it's I like, I, uh, I know why. I know why.
1: Let me give you a little spoiler alert. They're not gonna be mediocre. <laughs> but don't they're worry not about gonna be that. don't worry about not that friends. Gonna, And in in terms of which side they're going to land on, I don't think they're going to be great either. But we'll get into that. Uh, First, we have to introduce you to the Athletic.com's own Charlie O'Connor.
0: Okay, so before I get into my intro, I do want to give a little bit of context for the start of Kelly's explanation. Because I feel like this is something, Kelly, where like we know this very well, but listeners don't inside fully understand baseball. what you're talking about when you're talking about us clapping before a show. So
2: Pull back the curtain, Charles.
0: First, some inside baseball <laughs> on how this show is recorded. We do not record in a studio. We all record remotely on Zoom. And to do that, we all have to record our individual microphone tracks separately and then combine them all into one. Well, if you're going to do that, you have to make sure they all line up correctly when you combine them so that we're not talking over each other and they're not completely off, you know, off balance or whatever. So we never before- do that. We never do that. I know. We, well, we do that naturally, but not like <laughs> unintentionally. Um yeah. So the reason why we clap before the show is that gives us a baseline that we can line up all of the tracks in Audacity when Kelly edits the, the show and puts it together. So that is why Kelly was talking about how we do the 3-2-1-1-2-3 clap. So just so that doesn't go over everyone's heads, I wanted to give you just a little background, a little inside baseball and how the show's recorded. Going on to my intro. So last night I went to a party for... One, Zach Hill, the director of public relations for the Philadelphia Flyers. He is retiring. Very, very happy for him. And I just want to be be clear about this. Like, Zach Hill is not someone that fans know because, obviously, you know, you root for the team, not for PR directors. But Zach Hill just is incredible, was incredible at his job. Um, he made our lives in the media so much easier you know just just generally like getting interviews set up um, making sure that we were able to work on the features we wanted to work on and just generally helping in any way he could he's a great guy um again most fans probably don't know who he is but there's a reason why so many people on twitter that are in the media are related to the franchise in some way sing this guy's praises because zach's the best and gonna miss him. But it was fun last night to go to a random dive bar in Delco and celebrate his long and illustrious career as PR director and honestly got to see some old school, old school faces. Tim Panaccio showed up, so got to see old Tim. Got to see Dave Isaac. Did not blame him for the line combinations. Um, so got yeah. to see some people I haven't seen for for quite a while, and that was uh, that was nice. Um, but yeah, shout out to to Zach Hill. I, I do not think he listens to this, listens to this podcast, but I suspect that people in the organization do. So shout out to Zach Hill. You did a great job, and we're thankful for everything you've done.
1: That was very heartfelt, Charlie. That I was think yeah, nice. uh, I think everyone could really appreciate that there. Yeah, everyone everyone loves Zach Hill, and honestly. When you're looking for things about the organization to praise, where are you gonna go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, it seems like regardless of what your status was in terms of uh, covering the team, everyone loves Zach Hill. People are gonna miss him. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got me my first press pass, which is a hilarious story because I was in no way affiliated with anybody at the time. <laughs> Just had like, <laughs> had like six semi-affiliations. And he was like, "Yeah, we'll work something out." All right. Uh, so, in, in trying to put together a, a coherent show, something we could talk about for like an hour, I was like, you know, we, we've kind of, they haven't done anything. Like, I love Zach McEwen. I don't know if we can fill an hour with Zach McEwen. Uh, yeah. it, it was just, it's, it's, it's over. They've finished their offseason. There's not much to really talk about. So, I wanted to put into context what we think this team is going to be So I said, let's just compare it to the rest of the East. So maybe a little bit of an ice sports show here where we talk about the rest of the teams. But I wanted to really dive into the Eastern Conference. Look at the the types of off-seasons they had. And then say, where the hell do the Flyers rank here? Because I think Hmm. it's been... You know, I'm sitting here. I've said so many times, oh, you know, I expect like... 85 to 89 points in a conference where all the playoff teams made 100 and you know i think we can kind of expect them to be somewhat better than last year because of the players they're getting back from injury now of course they're also losing guys to injury and they don't have a backup goalie and they got a lot of issues going into this season so i just wanted to kind of stack it up roster for roster team against team see where the flyers land Uh, in the East, and that's what we're going to do on today's show. And just starting out, I guess I want to ask, in general, about the eight playoff teams. Uh, Tampa, the Rangers, Carolina, Florida, Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, Toronto. Do we think any of them have taken enough of a step back? Not even that... They're gonna. The Flyers are gonna compete with them. The, 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 the all these teams are better than the Flyers. That's obvious. But do you think it's the same eight playoff teams next year or this coming season? Is, just to start off, is it the same eight?
0: I feel like that's just too easy. Like there's yeah. always there's always a surprise. Like last year, everybody. I think I feel like the chalk pick to win the Metro last year was the Islanders, and. Yeah. Things just went bad for them. So, like, I would be shocked if, like, none of these teams, you know, gets ravaged by injury or just has an awful goaltending year or whatever. Like, it just happens. That said, all these teams on paper are good. They are all good teams. The Islanders, I mean, they're interesting because we're going to see just how big of an effect Barry Trotz actually had. You know, they kind and, of had the year from hell last year, and it was sort of like a Murphy's Law year, but you were like, well, they still have Barry Trotz, and then they fired him. Maybe Lane Lambert's a great coach. Maybe this is like, you know, Boston firing Claude Julien, and then Bruce Cassidy's just as good. Maybe. You never know. But that is an we'll, unknown there, and they didn't make the playoffs anyway, so they're a team that would have to push someone out.
1: Yeah, that's they'd have to push someone out, and we all know, and we'll get to some of the circumstances with the Islanders, but uh maybe a little bit better than they started you know they had the first 13 games on the road and then everybody got covid we'll talk yeah. about the islanders and their circumstances but i do think they're the most obvious i had them winning the east last year uh would they who do you think they or anybody would mo- be most likely to overtake because i'm looking at boston just like
2: yeah that boston. Thing looks like a
1: house of cards to me
0: yeah
2: and they have some injuries going into the season too right yeah
0: that's true yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have a couple guys, big name guys, that are going to miss extended yeah. time, right? Like is a Marshall yeah. going to miss time?
2: Yes. And uh, what's his face? Does he even? Did he even? Um.
0: Well, Bergeron hasn't officially signed yet. There's a. Yeah, there's I was a... going
2: to say Bergeron. He hasn't signed
1: yet.
0: It's heavily rumored that both Bergeron and Krejci are going to sign with Boston. That Krejci is going to come. They're doing back. the Islanders
1: thing. Yeah,
0: but no, that's it's a fair point. Boston, you you do get the sense that like they're kind of at the end of it but i yeah with them like they're kind of to me a little bit like pittsburgh in the sense that as long as they have bergeron i'm gonna view them as a playoff lock and it looks like if, if bergeron had retired i would be totally on board with the idea that they're not going to be as good they might miss the playoffs but if they have bergeron back i just think he's too good like he's he will not let that team not make the playoffs he's just that good still somehow um but yeah, Boston strikes me. then I mean, you always have the possibility that Pittsburgh falls off a cliff. I mean, I've said it multiple yeah. times. Like, show me the body. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. But, like, there's always that risk with them. They could. Washington, I thought, was going to fall off a cliff. They actually had a pretty good offseason. I like their offseason. Yeah, they, they might to good. They that's, might be able to stave off this for another year or two.
1: Which is just it's so annoying. That's the thing I was going to ask next. Are any of us going to continue to predict the demise of the Pens and Caps? Or are we out on that game? It's like, for three years now, I feel like I've said, oh, yeah, they got to fall off at some point. And here they are. Uh, Pittsburgh, 103 points. Uh, Washington, 100 last year. Now, granted, that's the two lowest totals in the East. But they're in the playoffs. And they're well ahead of you know the Islanders next at 84. I guess you could I'm gonna say keep Washington. Pred-
2: I'm going to keep predicting it until I'm right, and then go
1: <laughs> about it. I <laughs> oh, mean, yeah. isn't that what people do? Yeah, that's that's what you do, right? Let's. Washington they- had such—
0: Oh, yeah. Go go ahead. Go ahead, Bill.
1: No, Washington had such a year last year where you see them getting old. Like, it's happening. Mm-hmm. But, fuck, man. If their goaltending isn't horrible last year, they're a really good team. And they went out and got Darcy Kemper. Did Darcy Kemper have the best playoff? No but he wins a lot of regular season games behind that team. Why wouldn't he continue to do such a thing?
0: Yeah. The one team that does raise my eyebrows a little bit, and it's not because like, I I wouldn't have the guts to not pick them to make the playoffs. I would not, but the Rangers scare me a little bit just because they were so heavily dependent upon Shesterkin being amazing. And like, if he's just decent, That team is not as good as its record. And, like, they got better in the stretch run, but they got better in the stretch run because they traded for a bunch of guys at the deadline that made them better, and they basically lost all of them. So, like, that is a team that is being propped up by Shisterkin. And granted, like, that's part of the plan. Like, when you have an elite goalie, you expect he's going to continue to be elite. I'm just saying that, like, if he's not, like, I guess they got Vincent Trocek, and, like, he'll help. But, like, I don't love that team. That said, like, I do have a lot of—I I have a lot of respect for Gerard Gallant. I think he will probably make them better than, like, underlying-wise than they were last year. And there's always the possibility that, like, one of Capo or Alexis Lafreniere like, realizes they're real good and breaks out, and then suddenly you've got a great second line to back whatever line Artemi Panarin is on.
2: Yeah, the, the kids looked real good in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, so, so like, stretches. stretches, so if
2: they figure it out.
0: It, it's the smart play to assume the Rangers will still be good, but, like, I always get iffy on teams that are that dependent on amazing golden.
1: Yeah, because no,
2: goalies at any moment, for no reason, can just not be that good anymore.
1: That's, the Rangers had 110 points. They had a very successful season for them, uh, but Saisha Sturkin's just pretty good. Say he's a 920 instead of a 930 or whatever, like 936 goalie last year. Yeah. Are they a 110-point team? Uh, no, there's probably a little bit of drop-off there. Now, he very well could be that next great goalie, and you can just expect greatness from him every year, but that shit's rare. <laughs> it's just, it's real hard to come by those guys. It's not something I think you can... Yeah, it's part of their plan, but to say to pencil them in for, oh, they're going to be... They're going to be competing for the division because of their goalie. Well, yeah, if he's not the best in the league by a lot, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not that. So, yeah, I can see them being the team that drops.
0: I think Florida is going to be significantly worse, but like they can be significantly worse and still cruise to a playoff spot.
2: Yeah, I do really significantly worse.
0: I do. You know why? Because I don't think Paul Maurice is that great of a coach. And, oh, that's
2: right, Paul Maurice. And yeah, no, I'm I'm with you.
0: I look at their defense and it scares me. Yeah. Like, I mean their defense
2: is not good. Like,
0: it's cool. They got Matthew Kachuk and he's awesome. And they probably have just too much offensive firepower to be bad. But like, aside from Aaron Eckblad, like that is not a good defense. Like, Brandon Montour was good in one system, the Joel Quenville system. I do not know if he will be good in the Paul Maurice system. Like, and then beyond those two, like, Gustav Forsling is fine, Radko Gudis, we know who Radko Gudis is, like, Butcher. yeah, like, this is not, they, they played a style under Quenville and then under Brunette, who was basically just doing exactly what Quenville had them do, that was basically like, okay, we have, we have a really good defensive pairing in Ekblad-Weegher. And then we're just going to play so fast and go-go that it protects the rest of our defense. I don't know what style Paul Maurice is going to have this team play. And if his new style doesn't protect the defense as much, they could regress significantly. Now, granted, they just have too much talent, I think, to completely fall off. But I'm not expecting them to win the Atlantic again. I'm not. I don't think they will. Toronto? Toronto or Tampa, probably. Toronto or Tampa. This is
1: the year. I'm t- I'm Toronto's my cup team, man. I'm telling you. This is the I year. I feel like
2: Toronto's on the same trajectory as the Avalanche, which were on the same trajectory as the the Lightning, where you have to like shit the bed a few yeah. times in the playoffs to figure it out. They could just figure
1: to, it out. Just to get back to Florida for a second and like the significantly worse thing. They could have ten or they could have twenty fewer points. And have a hundred and two standings points. Like they could just be a wild card team at a hundred and two. Like they ran away with the president's trophy at the end of the yeah. year. But you know, first half of the year, you're looking at Sergey Bobrovsky and going, "Oh, okay, he's he's back. Maybe not ten million dollars back, but serviceable. Good, good enough." Um, he stunk late in the season. God, if so he's bad. just if he's just continues to be bad, which I would assume a how old is he at this point? Uh, Thirty-three. He'll be thirty-four on September on oh, uh, September twentieth. So before the season begins, he'll be thirty-four bad years old. That was so yeah, dull. he's bad. got he's got this year and three more at ten God. million. He'll be thirty-four in September. Holy Jeez. shit! But like, why wouldn't he continue to get worse? They're gonna start playing defense now. Like Charlie just said the defense is bad and they covered it up by just scoring all the time on the rush. Like that's what they did. If they can't do that as much this year, uh,
0: they're going to get scored on more. I like in retrospect because I've eviscerated Florida multiple times for that Bobrovsky contract, not just because it was dumb, but because they signed they they drafted Spencer Knight and then immediately signed Sergei Bobrovsky to a massive deal. Oh, like like just by the way, you spend a first round pick on a goalie only one guy could be in the net at once. Like, what are we actually <laughs> doing here? But I have to believe in retrospect. Like, I, the only way that that makes sense, that contract, is if the only way that Joel Quenville was going to coach Florida was if he had a goalie. And he mm. was like, get me Bobrovsky or else I'll go somewhere else. Like, that's the only way it makes any sense at all. Because how do you draft Spencer Knight and then, like, four days later sign Bobrovsky to that deal?
1: It makes zero sense. It it was very stupid, top to bottom. <laughs> I'm just oh, Eric Stahl's on a PTO for them. That's interesting. Uh, but I'm just like looking at this team, and they're they're good. Like they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs, but there's no way they're great. Like I I, I don't like Barkov's great, and they went out and got uh, Kachuk. Good stuff. I I don't see great here, especially
0: considering what the best teams in the conference have. So yeah I see I see a great forward core. I am I am iffy on the rest of their team. And the thing was is that under Quenville it was fine because they like he's a freaking great coach and Brunette was just doing exactly what Quenville was doing. Yeah. It, it only came back to bite them in the playoffs when Brunette had to adjust and realize oh shit, how do I do that? Um but <laughs> like Paul Maurice, I've said it on the show, Paul Maurice to me is just like like he is a guy. He is the ultimate a uh, guy NHL HL coach. We're like, <laughs> he, like he will make the team play exactly to his talent level. And that's it. And with this defense, like what is Florida's talent level? Like, I don't think he's going to get more out of this team. And I think they're talented enough that they should still cruise to a playoff spot, but I, I don't see 120 points again. No, I, I
1: would be <laughs> shocked if they're in the president's trophy conversation again. Um, go to carolina carolina had 116 standing points last year they looked elite for for large portions of the season uh maybe it kind of just got away from them in the playoffs but in terms of a team game especially in the east it's hard to think of a team that plays more complete hockey than the carolina hurricanes they've had some subtractions uh most notably tony d'angelo he was awesome hey he was great for them he last was good year, though. Charlie. Yeah. Don't give me that. Don't give me that handsome devilish grin of yours. He was pretty damn good for them last year, regardless of what you think of uh, Tony D'Angelo. I expect them to be awesome again. Like we Florida gonna make the playoffs better than the Flyers, obviously, but eh, I don't see. I don't see great there. I think Carolina still has yeah, another level that they can maintain
2: yeah if if nothing else i see them kind of remaining the same level of good i don't expect a drop off from them i don't know how much better they got but if we're talking about locks to make the playoffs like 100 i think
0: they're or, like i think they're basically like from a talent in talent out standpoint like at the very least they didn't get worse because what yeah, did they yeah. do they lost vincent trochek and they lost um has Nino Niederreiter signed somewhere else? Right, he he did. Yeah. He did officially leave. So they lost he those did. two guys. That that hurts. They're good players. That said, they got Max Pacioretty for actually nothing, literally nothing, <laughs> like, literally actually nothing.
2: nothing. And
0: then they replaced Tony D'Angelo with Brent Burns, which like, I mean, that's I would say at the very least that's a lateral move. It doesn't. I don't think they got worse defensively with Brent Burns. Like, I think that's, that's fine. And they have one of the best coaches in hockey. Like, my skepticism about Florida is largely driven by my skepticism about Paul Maurice. I have negative skepticism about Rob Brindamore. I just think he's great. And as long as you have a coach that is great, I find it highly unlikely that you will be bad. And, like, losing, losing um, Trocheck, like, that hurts. He's a good player. But maybe that gives Kakaniemi a chance to step up and be a legitimate second-line center. Yeah. Just thinking about the, uh, the Burns-D'Angelo
1: swap. Mm. I like Brent Burns a lot. It seems odd to give up assets and bring in a 37-year-old making 5.28 for this year and two more. Instead of signing a guy for in his prime at two and ten, like five a year, it should show. Yeah, you was not what they actually. I thought was going to say
2: exactly. That's the thing that really makes me think because, like, we're all saying, yeah, he was really good with Carolina, and like from our perspective, he, it looks like he was. But like, as we know, that organization is run by people a lot smarter than us, and they looked at Tony D'Angelo's excellent season with Carolina, and they were like, nah, we'd rather have a guy that's almost forty. So yeah, makes me me think, you know,
0: maybe there's something we don't see. And to be clear, they they did want to bring D'Angelo back. They just had a price point, and that price point was under $4 million a year. And D'Angelo was like, nah, I'm worth more. And they were like, all right, sure, find somebody who thinks you're worth more. And they did. But, like, it's not that they hated D'Angelo. It's that they view D'Angelo as basically, like, true talent. I think they view him as kind of like, a borderline number four, number five, who's good on the power play. And they, they evaluate that type of player to be worth a little under $4 million a year. And the Flyers evaluate Tony D'Angelo to be a guy who can play on the first pair as a right-handed shooting defenseman. And I think Carolina looked at it as, yes, he played on our first pair, but that's because Jacob Slavin is fucking awesome. Right.
1: In, in case you're wondering where my optimism's coming from, <laughs> um, Yeah, it's the Flyers who are gonna get this evaluation right, not Carolina. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We're getting badarred, dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening. I like so regardless, Carolina obviously considerably better than the Flyers. Yeah, I think Um, we could all agree on that one. Yeah. If the goaltending holds up Cup contenders? Yeah.
0: And and, and that's you think. think that's a fear because Anderson did have a really good year, but like he's also had bad years. Yeah. Yeah, Like he could, he could regress. That's possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would put them in my top tier of, of teams with a legitimate chance of the Stanley cup. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So we move on to, uh, the Toronto Maple leaves, the leaves, they're hundred and leaves leaves. (laughs) and they're, Hey, I got, listen, I have, we have our fun with the Leafs, uh, I got them at least winning the East this year. I think really it's, you're all gonna, in on they're them? gonna go. They're gonna go from zero to hundred. It's gonna go never winning a round to winning at least three rounds. Um, anyone beating like Colorado seems insane to me, but it's so hard to repeat. Like, oh, I'm gonna pick them to repeat. I don't know. Uh, but it's well, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say the team with the most talent isn't gonna win. It's 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 a tough balancing act. with colorado right now but toronto shit ton of talent uh we know about the high-end scoring talent they were awesome like it sucks like it's funny as hell it's funny as hell it's very but the playoff the playoff format sucks so bad for them specifically the worst for them it's it's them specifically that gets fucked by this playoff tournament
2: single time they were like finally we're avoiding boston finally and but it's what also, happened.
1: it's also the funniest <laughs> shit in the world. <laughs> like they, they, like right now they're projected like over, over the cap by about a million and a half. They have a, a bunch of really good players. I, I mean, I have no idea what they have in net this year. Is that really what we're looking at? Matt Murray and an Alien Sam? So yeah, rough. they
2: went they went for Matt Murray oh. as the guy that they're hanging it on, which yep. is a, a real oh. dicey proposition. Like that's I that's am, a
1: choice. I am reevaluating.
2: <laughs> that's My- one of those ones where you're like, wait. Is Kyle Davis smart, or or no? I don't, I'm not sure. Because sometimes you know, he does
1: some real dumb
2: shit, and you're like, "Wait I, a minute! I thought you were one of the nerds." Ke- Kel- like, Kelly's like, doing
0: the Kelly's doing the like, "Is he smarter? Is he just handsome?" Thing in your head right now.
2: <laughs> is he
1: smart, or does he just wear glasses?
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. You know,
1: when you look at him, you, you look at some of the moves he's made. Obviously, the high end talent they've had successful drafts. And you're like, "Yeah, he knows what he's doing," and then you have a team good enough to win a cup and it's like yeah matt murray let's do that let's let's try that i mean they needed a goaltender for sure like they needed to
2: to lock something so down why didn't yet. they just, get one yeah that's the thing like going there was like a very weird choice i'm
1: starving i'm gonna eat some cotton
0: candy <laughs> i mean they're i get, like murray has been good in the past so yes, I, you're you're yes. trying you're thinking this is like a reclamation project type thing and i guess samsonov has potential too like he's young yeah they're ju- they're basically just doing the like scatter shot let's give two guys a shot who have upside and hope that one of them pans out and hope that like the rest of our team is good enough that even if they both suck we'll be okay and maybe they're good enough that they can actually prop these goalies up, which like possible. Nah, maybe. Yeah, we
1: we just saw it with Colorado. It's not like it's not like Darcy Kemper is Shisterkin. Uh, but if the rest of your team is good enough, you can overcome it. But for ninety eight percent of the teams in the league, it's something you can overcome in the regular season, not the playoffs. No, it gets but, real tough. Yeah.
0: It's tough. <laughs> It's It's a real
1: interesting proposition.
0: They got to hope that one of those guys seizes the job and, you know, does what, like, kind of does what, uh, because what they're really doing in truth, they're kind of doing what Carolina did last year, where Carolina was like, okay, we're going to get Freddie Anderson, who sucked for the last couple years in Toronto, and then we're going to get Auntie Ronta, who is good when he's healthy, and we're going to hope that either Anderson bounces back or Ronta stays healthy. And Anderson bounced back, and they ended up in pretty good shape. But, like, neither of those guys were sure things, and it turned out one of them worked out. And Toronto's trying to do the same thing. They're like, okay, let's get the guy who has won Stanley Cups and was really good before but then got figured out and has been unable to adjust since, and let's get another guy who was a top prospect, who was real promising, and then kind of fell apart, and let's hope we can rebuild one of them. And maybe they're right. All they have to do is rebuild one of them because the other guy can just be the shitty backup.
1: I kind of, like,
0: it. it you're, it's a it's a plan.
1: They have one, clearly. I just, a team that's so up against it like they are, I, you could have gone into the year with just one of these guys and then made a
0: move. Someone with a decent enough goalie's going to suck. You know? Nah. Do goalies, goalies get really one? get guess... traded in season that often, though? I mean, the one guy who gets talked about is Gibson, but he hasn't been good for a few years, and he's real expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If
1: you're going to get someone like that, maybe they're too pricey at that point. All good all good points, but Toronto different stratosphere than the Flyers. I think if their goalies work out, uh, they yeah. can compete for a cup. The Flyers will be most likely a lottery team. <laughs> uh <laughs> we go we look at the Rangers and we've talked some about the Rangers just they are one of the more precarious teams in the East, but they do have the young talent with the draft pedigree and they have potentially the next big thing in net in Shesterkin. And it's, the, it's hard to Oh, well, we're still waiting to see if he's, we know he's awesome, but it's just that, is he going to be the best every year right. or just one of the really good
0: ones? Yeah. yeah, and Right.
1: It's, it's that balancing like, okay, is he Patrick? Wah? Or is he just pretty good all the time? it's, that level of greatness, I guess, we're still waiting to see what he is. And you can only find that out with, with more time. He hasn't been in the league all that long. Uh, but they do have some some pieces in terms of all the, uh, you know, the kid line and everything they were able to do. And saw a lot of it in the playoffs kind of come to fruition mm-hmm. after the regular season maybe wasn't even all that impressive despite their 110 points. They're one of the teams, if someone has the big drop it could be them that falls out of the playoffs.
2: I mean, if Shusterkin gets hurt, like, yeah. then they're done. Yeah, then like true. if he regresses a little bit, like they could probably still make it work. But like if he's totally out of the picture, which like you know is just luck. Like no one knows if that's going to happen. If that happens, I I mean they're they're totally done. So it's they are like kind of teetering on a ledge, like you yeah. said. So it it just. You know, as long as their goalie doesn't get hurt, yeah, they're they're probably going to make the playoffs.
0: But the good thing about the Rangers' chances, in my mind, and I hinted at this earlier, is that they do have upside beyond this. In that, like, Gerard Gallant usually coaches teams that drive play. For whatever reason, he couldn't figure it out that first year. I think there's a good chance he figures it out this offseason and gets them to drive play this year then you've got young players who have the potential to take big steps forward. Are they definitely going to? No. It's possible that Lafreniere and Caco are just guys. But there's also a pretty solid chance that one of them is going to take the leap at some point and that could be this year. And if one of them turns into like, you know, a 70-point guy this year, then boom, then suddenly Rangers upside is significantly higher. So with the Rangers, it's like I have some concerns, but I also acknowledge that there's a lot of things that could break their way that could make them real, real good.
1: And there's also a balance with the Rangers. Um, Some of their young players could have much better regular seasons than they did. And then there's Chris Kreider, who at 30 years old, with coming into the year with a career high of 28 goals scored 52 fucking goals last year he went on what are the chances of that like oh at 30 he figured it out what are the chances he doubles his career total like he did or his career high the way he did like that is probably gonna come back to earth if i had to guess you know it would have to at least a There's little no bit. You would think, yeah. There's no way he went from less than thirty to fifty, and he's just going to hang out in the forty five range. That's I don't see that as a feasible thing that could possibly. I mean, even happen. if he scores
2: forty, like that's still it is a good. lot. It's a shit ton of
1: goals. All right, uh, but we've we've talked through the Rangers now. Tampa, uh. man, Tampa. I roster wise, I don't see the big. Like you know, step backwards. But don't they just have to be fucking tired? Like <laughs> three no. straight, three straight, cups, three straight cups, three uh, straight cups, and you know they won the first two. They lose to Colorado, uh, a genuine all-star team last year. Um, One hundred and ten standings points. I think they figured out a decent enough formula of yeah. We're going to be good in the regular season, but yeah. remember that historic regular season we had? Yeah, that was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> yeah, right? We'll, we're will we getting in, and then it, that's all that matters for them. So, yeah. whether they're a wildcard team, top three in a division, division winner, I don't really think it matters to them. They're very good. Yeah. I mean, um, they're clearly upside, I think they, they got to get tired at some point. Yeah,
0: but they're, they're clearly good enough that like a couple of their really good players can be out and they can still just dominate that. That's why like their upside is just so high, because like, I mean, we all joked about the Kucherov thing, but the fact of the matter is that they didn't have Nikita Kucherov for like an entire year and were still real good. They didn't have Braden Point for an entire playoff run and they still almost yeah. won it all. Like. Mm-hmm. this this team can afford to lose one or two really good players and still cruise. So, like, how can you doubt them? That's, no, you can't. Especially at forward. Like, they did
1: it without Stamkos the one year. Uh, again, they just did it without point for the most part. Kucherov, they just, oh yeah, he doesn't need to play the regular season. We're still 110 point. But, like, it, they're so deep and they're so good at overcoming the adversity. I will say, if the guy they lost was Hedman or Vasilevsky, I don't know if they're still that, but they're yeah. probably still a playoff team. I don't know if, like, I, I don't think the whole thing implodes on itself. Because if they wanted to, they could just open it up. If they, lost, if they lost Hedman or Vasilevsky for, especially, say, a month or two, I think they could open it up and play Florida hockey. Go, oh, yeah, we're just going to fucking outscore everyone for two months. Uh, well, our defense isn't going anywhere. We know how to play defense. We'll figure we'll get it back together. I just think they have so much talent. They, they brought Brian Elliott back. Yeah,
0: he wasn't bad for them. He's I guess. a
1: good backup. He's just he's just, a he's fine, just old.
0: If
2: you, yeah. If you use Brian Elliott properly, he's a fine backup goaltender.
0: <laughs> he played he's 19 games in the last year and he had a 912 save percentage. 19. That's exactly yeah. what you got to do with Brian Elliott. Yeah. No, play him 20 yeah, games and he'll be fine.
2: Exactly.
1: No, because I bet against them every time he
0: played, and uh, they won some of those games. They won a fair amount of those <laughs> games. <laughs> the, the other He's... thing you have, to, you have to take into account with Tampa Bay is that, like, inevitably what's going to happen is there's going to be two guys that you've never heard of that are, like, nothing prospects that are going to come up and be real good. Like, like Nick Purbix is going to come up and be, like, a good defenseman
2: did you just make that name up
0: he's real i see him on the cat friendly chart like dunk yeah like bennett MacArthur will be good like and and they (laughs) just do this they freaking do this they they are like the penguins where they just get these mark donks and then suddenly it's like oh wait a minute ross colton you're real good who knew Uh, they know
2: how to develop and foster talent what a fucking wild idea
1: They've got Logan Paul out there scoring big goals for him in the goddamn <laughs> conference final. I've never heard of this guy in my life, Nicholas Paul. I still think it's fake. Like, Nick this Paul, he was is-
2: <laughs> so good for the whole playoffs. I'm like, the- who is this man, <laughs> Nicholas Paul? Like, I mean, Nick
0: in fairness, Paul, they traded for him, but you're right. He's is- yeah.
1: no, I'm just like I've never he heard of this that good guy. In Ottawa, was he? I don't no, think not
0: he was really special. Never heard fine. of this
1: guy in my life. This is a dude. You know the replacements? How they get they bail a guy out of jail, and then he has to play under an assumed name. That's what this is. Like this, like, is, like, this we, is we we know a player escaping prosecution.
0: We got to accept this right now, Flyers fans. Just be ready. You know that they're going to stick Phil Myers next to Victor Hedman, and he's going to be real good. And he's going to be real good. 100%. Like it's going to happen. Impossible.
2: Phil Myers he's is going to be what good. we thought. No, he's going to be what we thought he was going to be because Tampa's going to know how to get him there. And the Flyers he's simply don't. bad. <laughs> he was good for... There were flashes when he was quite good. And let's... I mean, like, honestly, let's think about this. What is the likelihood that a guy that played well and then got progressively worse with the Flyers because it's the Flyers... Oh, sorry, cat. Um, He... I lost my train. Sorry. The what, cat walked to my computer father? for hours. We were everyone. talking about how the Flyers um, are bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, I mean, wh- like, is it that far of a stretch of your imagination to think that the Flyers just simply ruined his game? Like, come on. It's not, it's not out of All the right. realm.
1: Here's, Here's my take on it The Nashville Predators have a garden behind their stadium in which they just grow their own defense. That is fair. They. It's
2: like a Westworld lab. Didn't
1: You'll think yeah, right? he was any good. And they turn everyone
0: into something. It's a fair point. He's no good. But I'm just saying, like for I me, know. for me it's less it's and I do think that Tampa, like, they are the best talent developers right now in hockey as an organization. Sure. I believe they are. That said, to me, it's just as much that like if you stick anybody next to Victor Hedman, they're gonna look good. Like Jan Ruta when when I talk about how like, you know. Ivan Provorov can't elevate his partner. Like, in the back of my head, I'm thinking about Victor Hedman. Because you can put anybody with Victor Hedman, and Victor Hedman is still Victor Hedman. And then the other guy, he has great numbers, and you're like, oh, right, he was next to Victor Hedman. That makes sense. Like, if they, all they really need is, like, Phil Myers could do some of the stuff and then just let Victor Hedman be Victor Hedman, and then we're going to no, look it's... and be like, wait, Phil Myers has a 58% expected goals, 4 percentage. How did that happen? It's like, oh, he like, spent
1: curious. 90% of his minutes next to Victor Hedman. While Victor Hedman is awesome, and you're right. It's like Matt Carl, first pair defenseman. Or, and let me throw this out there. <laughs> one of the Mount Rushmore defensemen was his, was his <laughs> fucking D partner. Mm. <laughs> like just, hmm. He just, perhaps. But, Maybe. like, Phil Myers handles the puck like a grenade and doesn't know where the net is. He missed the net more than anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. And his breakout attempts were Nick Grossman-esque. I, he I had just,
2: some. There was a. There was a time when he was pretty good at executing a stretch pass.
1: And then for two years consecutively, he was playing like all of a sudden what? he was like actually it was actually I'm left handed. Actually, I'm left handed, but I'm gonna continue playing right hand. Like that's what he looked like. But yeah, I mean, it's the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. He'll win the goddamn con smite this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Boston, we've been into. They seem like one of the more precarious teams. Just they're so top heavy, and they're starting to get so old. Yeah, we, you know, they don't get the high end goaltending. Suddenly, they're a good team, but not a cup contender. Now they're another year older. If I see a team, one of the eight falling out of the playoffs, I would bet it's Boston. But I can
0: buy that. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair.
1: So Pittsburgh and Washington, we've touched on. Um, uh, They're still good they uh, Pittsburgh 103 Washington 100 points. They're still good. Uh, Washington I think. Charlie, did you tweet about this the other day? Maybe they have they're set up for pretty well for at least one more crack at things.
0: Which team? Pittsburgh Washington, or Washington? Washington. I mean, I just think like their biggest issue last year was goaltending and Darcy Kemper is a better goaltender than the guys they had. So, yeah. Like that should stave it off. I mean, then we also remember, like, Peter Laviolette does tend to have a shelf life, and, Mm -hmm. like, we're getting a little bit into his tenure, so maybe they fall apart at some point, but, like, we still have have good players. How long is, is is Backstrom injured again? What's his deal?
1: Good question.
0: I forget if he's injured again.
1: Is he just hanging out on Ovi's couch eating cereal?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I just wasn't sure. Yeah, like he plans to play next season. Because he got okay. Yeah, because he had he had hip surgery. Its timeline yeah. remains uncertain. So like he's iffy. That's concerning because he's still Nicholas Backstrom. Like playing at some point in the season. That's that's worrying. So yeah, Washington. I think they'll be okay. But like we've talked about for a long time about like when are these two teams going to regress? Like it probably is already happening. Like we're looking yeah. at these standings. They finished seventh and eighth in the conference. Like maybe they're now just good teams. They're not great teams. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I don't think either of
1: these teams is winning a cup, but I'd be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs. You know, yeah. there, there's just that, like we said all year with the, with the East, there's just this hierarchy of there's good teams and bad teams. And there was very little middle last season. There's good
0: teams and there's bad teams. And there's a bunch of miles of shit. And then there's us. <laughs>
1: I love that you love that movie so much. Jordy. It's such a good movie. Uh,
0: I mean, Money, Moneyball is my favorite book of all time. So, of course, I love the movie, too. Really? Yep. Interesting. It's the movie that is the, it's, it's the book that got me into, like, Advanced Stats. You're the book that got me into Advanced Stats. Jordy.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, all
0: right. Let's, let's, let's take a break before we get into the non-play. Yeah.
1: Case. You know what? You're right. We're going to get to the. Uh, look at that. This guy. Radio Not professional, professional these days. All right. Yeah. We're going to take a break and then we're going to get into the rest of these shit teams. And guess what? I think they're all better in the flyers. Uh, so hang out through this commercial and we'll be back on the other side. Today's
2: episode is brought to you by cars.com.
1: All right, fam, we are back, and we are going to get into the uh, the Eastern Conference teams that did not make the playoffs last season. We're going to start with those Isles, uh, 84 points, one of two teams to finish in the 80 range uh, of points. It was them and Columbus. Uh, and the Islanders, yeah, it was a bad year, and maybe Lou uh, kind of overreacted to it and did some dumb shit in response. But they were a little better, I think, than than we saw, especially at the beginning of last season. They played their first 13 games on the road. Uh, they went 5-6-2. and two. Overall, they started 5-10-5 in their first 20 games. And I did some math. That's a 61.5-point pace. Uh, the Flyers had 61 points. So they were god-awful for the first 20 games. Just absolutely the worst. And then they went 32-25-5, which not great. But a 91 point pace to close out the season. Uh, once you know they got over their 13 game road trip because their stadium wasn't done, and they got through their big uh, you know, COVID ravaged time that they went through, they were a lot closer to the team. You know, I picked them to win the East last year. Uh, it it didn't didn't happen. Lots of people were on the Islanders last year, and it was oh, everyone finally went, "Oh, the Islanders are good. We just have to accept it." And then they sucked, but maybe not as much as it seemed when you looked at the standings at the end. I think they're the team most likely to make the jump if someone else falls out of the playoffs. What do you think about the Isles?
2: Also, they have one hundred percent signed Nazem Kadri. Like, oh, there's yeah. no question yeah, right. in my mind.
0: This is right? this screams Lou. Like,
1: like, this is exactly what they did last year. Y-
2: yes, there's no reason why Kadri wouldn't be signed by now. Like he's good and the only team led by a stupid asshole who thinks he's interesting is the islanders so lou's keeping it a secret because he thinks that accomplishes I love how much something. You hate him. i hate him so much um, <laughs> yeah so he thinks he's interesting by keeping these things a secret like he's accomplishing something by not telling anyone what he's doing meanwhile everyone fucking knows like there's no question either they are just waiting because lou's an asshole or they need to like move out some money somewhere to like make it official. But I mean, 100% Cadre is elite no,
1: Leafs, and islanders, like for sure. They have 11 million cap space. It's not like they're gaming anybody unless they're giving him like the biggest contract. Like, is he going to make what Conor McDavid makes? Is That'd that what funny. we're talking about here?
2: <laughs> I mean, maybe they will because Lou's just that good at his job. Maybe, I don't
1: know. maybe. I guess it's a possibility, but I, what is the. <laughs> what do they gain by just if he's there? Say they gave him ten. All right, you have one point one million left in cap space. What what do they gain by not getting it done officially?
2: Uh, nothing. He it's just <laughs> one of those stupid things that he does. Like he's just like why can't he have a beard? Like who the fuck knows? He's just what? an asshole. <laughs> so he's just not telling anyone that he did it. For I think reasons.
1: I think I finally put it all together with Kelly and Lou. Kelly loves dudes with beards, and they think he thinks they're the Yankees, and you can't have facial hair. I think that's what it all comes down to. Finally, it factors in. <laughs> oh my God. Oh
0: but my the God.
2: the biggest thing is the thing that the reason that I hate him so much is that everyone in the hockey world pretends that he's some kind of like genius, and he's not, and it annoys me. So I hate him. And plus, you know, he was the devil's guy for my yeah, well, entire yeah. childhood. That, so that yeah. plays
0: a lot into it. The, yeah, Islanders fa- the Islanders fascinated me because I don't know, like, for so long I've looked at them as like, they are the perfect Barry Trotz team. And now they don't have Barry Trotz anymore. And, like, Lane Lambert has been a top-tier coaching prospect for a long time so maybe he is just trots but like cuddlier i don't know like he's been compared <laughs> like he's been compared to, to brindamore like having that same like you know like rah rah we're great kind of kind of mentality so maybe they just keep rolling and then i mean they got caught if they get kadri if he's if he's there. He's good. Not sure how that contract is going to be over the long term, but we'll have to see what the contract is. But, like, Kadri's good. They traded for uh, Romanov from Montreal. He should help that defense a bit. Noah Dobson took a big step forward last year, so the defense now suddenly isn't just, you know, the Pollock twins. Um, They're a good team, you would think, but then it's like, how good are they without Trotz? That is the big thing in the back of my head of, like, how much of this team was just a product of Barry Trotz? How much of this team is actually good? So I don't know what to think about the Islanders. I really don't.
1: Does it come down to how good Elias Sorokin is versus, you know, it's a goalie-friendly system the way they, you know, really focus on defense? Like, if he's elite, like we saw last year, um... Does that make up for some of it? He's 27. He just turned 27 yesterday, actually, August 4th. Uh, he finished 6th in Vezina voting last year, 925 save percentage, goals against a 2.4. He was awesome for them last season. Yeah. Uh, Got into the Vezina conversation late, part of their late season resurgence. If he's healthy and gets the bulk of the, uh, gets the, bulk of the starts again, started 52 games last year, it will be interesting to see the trade-off of how much was trots and do they open it up do they have more do they have to play that way to be good did it hold yeah. them back maybe a that, little bit that's it's, that's it's my a question. very interesting
0: team no they're a very interesting team they are like i agree that they are the team that strike me as most likely to get back into the playoffs and knock one of these eight teams out but their their range of plausible outcomes to me is so large it's extremely was- large
1: The range of outcomes. I was gonna say, like, uh, extreme outcomes seem possible on both ends. Yeah. Like this could be this could be a horrible team, maybe, uh, with a few good players and a good goalie, or they could actually just be what we thought they were uh, going into last year. They could be an Eastern Conference contender.
0: Yeah. Like it's it's it really does strike me as wild, and this is something that's got to be a concern. Is that like you talked about Soroka? And you're right. Sorokin was great. Sorokin in 52 games had a 925 save percentage, and they still only had 84 points. That's scary. Because when you get that good goaltending from your starter, and you're still 16 points out of a playoff spot, like, oh boy.
1: Yeah, it's not good. They are, no matter what, better than the Flyers, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where por- Because <laughs> no, we, we just on. talked. Now, I- this is the exercise. I know. Okay. Okay. But I'm just saying we just talked about extreme outcomes. Like, they could be really good
0: well, or. Okay. Okay. You know what? I will, I will back up for a second. If Lane Lambert, if they were just a product of Barry Trotz and Lane Lambert sucks as a head coach, yes, I could see the Flyers with Tortorella does a great job getting them above the Islanders because they purely were just a trots team and Lane Lambert is a bust. Yes, that could happen. I don't think it's likely, but it could happen. Okay. But on paper, they are a better team than the Flyers. Like yeah. they have more talent.
1: Yeah. Consider. They don't have anyone close to Barzell. Like no one guy, no one close. Uh, so the Islanders, we will move on to the Columbus blue jackets, baby. Well. 81 standings points, and they added an MVP candidate in Johnny Goudreau, In
0: case you haven't heard, I was just thinking about Columbus would have been would have been nice if if he would have had interest to come into the Flyers. Right, that would be cool. it. Would, it
2: would be- you know the Flyers can't attract any free agents, Charlie? No one. That's wants
0: what I've been here. told. It's
1: no one wants to come. I. I, I almost just wanted to skip him entirely because it's <laughs> a fucking disgrace. It's truly a fucking. He went to Ohio. Like, that's Ohio. where he went, to Columbus, Ohio. The it, uh, it, Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, I, I was just thinking about Columbus last night, because I hate myself. No, I was thinking <laughs> about how they... I, I was thinking about how, for the last, like, 30 games of the year, they were like, fuck it. Elvis is playing every night. Uh, what was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're just gonna see what he has. Like Or Rex. you're gonna get him killed because you play him every single night?
0: That was weird. <laughs> like, I'm not hey, gonna it was lie, that was such weird, a
1: weird I don't know. Like they could stink and just have Johnny Goudreau, but I don't expect him to stink. Are they do you think that they're close to a playoff team? 81 points last year, all the playoff teams had a hundred are they now with just the addition of Johnny uh, and maybe just some guys having a little bit better years, more time together and everything. Could you see them in the playoffs? I
2: mean, if Johnny goes off, if he has another MVP year, maybe.
0: I think the the Blue Jackets are like a year or two away. I think this year is going to be, they are the like exciting fun team that like, they win some games like six one, but then they have bad games too. Like they, the big thing with them, they have a lot of young talent, either there already or coming. And like they're gonna, they, like Cole Sillinger made the team last year, but like they got Kent Johnson, they, they, got, they drafted Yurechek, who I think will get there pretty quickly. There's a couple other guys they have coming. Like they have some young guys that are, could turn this around real quick for them, and adding in Johnny like i think this will be a fun team i don't know if this will be a good team but i think they're on the right track if that makes sense
1: i'm just one the idea that columbus could be a fun team to watch is it doesn't a wild for me. right um but that power play like thinking about thinking about johnny and jake setting up line a is yes. really is it's really something to think about uh, but also just the idea that Goudreau went to a team that's 2 or 3 years away and it's, hmm. not, it's not us it's not the he Flyers it didn't fit
2: our timeline <laughs> yeah. fam
1: nope uh, it doesn't doesn't it fit, fit our timeline fit the timeline yeah the timeline is never, never. it's a flat circle. <laughs> that is the timeline <laughs> uh but columbus i mean the the top uh, the top end talent Goudreau, line a voracek um
0: worrenski
1: they're pretty good. I don't know if they're a playoff team. I don't think they're, they're a playoff team.
0: And yeah. I mean, as I said, like Cole Sillinger is good. I think Ken Johnson is going to be good. And I think Ken Johnson will probably be on the team this year, I think. I mean, he was a top five pick. I think he makes a team. Like, they, they got some pieces. I think, I think the Blue Jackets will be a non-playoff team, but they will be a competitive non-playoff team. Competitive... There's just too many
2: good teams in the East. Yes. That's, that's the
0: last, week, last week I referred to the Flyers as
1: serving no other purpose than to fill out other teams' schedules. That's not what Columbus is, even if they're not like a yeah. legit playoff team. They're they're gonna be competitive, I guess is the uh, I guess is the consensus here. So we get to the Buffalo Sabres, and this is the first team when I look at their roster, I think maybe the Flyers can be better then. Like, and it's I not because maybe, I think... Maybe. No, and it's not... And they had 75 standings points last year. It's not because I think the Flyers are getting to that number. It's just that I'm looking at Buffalo's roster, and I don't know how they won a game. I, I truly... <laughs> I,
0: who are their good players?
2: Tage
1: Thompson.
0: The setter. The they turned him into a setter, and suddenly he became good. He's Incredibly not weird. I'm
1: just... I'm looking at this team, and it's a lot like looking at the Flyers. I'm just like, they have no top-end talent.
0: Yeah. I, I think that Owen Power is going to be real, real good this year. He, he's my Calder pick. I think he's going to be real good. I think their defense, low-key, is starting to, to come together. because Dalene started Darlene, to come around. Dalene looked much better at the end of the year. Yeah. It seemed like he was figuring— I don't think he's ever going to be as good as they were hoping he was going to be, but I think he's going to be good. I think Owen Power is legit. I think Matias Samuelson is a solid defenseman. I think, I think he would be, He's is like a solid like four or five type guy. So now you got three guys like under the age of 23 that you could sort of build your defense around. And then maybe they only need to go out and get one more guy in free agency or via trade. And then suddenly you got a pretty intriguing defense there.
1: Oh,
2: that's the thing about Buffalo is that, that you can see the path. Yeah. To a good hockey team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're they're Which a poorly run or, they're a poorly the run spot. organization, yeah. but just in terms of the spot they're in, I'd rather be Buffalo than us. Oh yeah. If oh, they put oh. like
2: a, a if they got a good GM and an owner that minded his business, like they could build a pretty good hockey team out of what they got. An <laughs> owner
0: that minded his <laughs> but, but that's the thing too. Like you look at their team and you're like this is, this is to make the Flyers look even worse. You look at their team and you're like, wow, it really doesn't add that much talent. They, they might, like, maybe have less talent than the Flyers. And then you realize, yeah, they have $20 million worth of cap space.
1: Yeah, that's
0: The Flyers that's, are above the cap ceiling and we're like, maybe they're better than
1: Buffalo. The Flyers are legitimately the thirty six hundred dollars on candles meme. Like, <laughs> yes, they really are. It's it's Please fucking unbelievable. Looking at how inefficiently they're spending all this money, uh, it's so funny. I, like, I look at these other teams that they're that are in the same cap situation as them, and it's like, yeah, superstars, cup contenders, um, nobody good. It's truly unfucking believable. Uh, how uh, how bad this team has been run for uh, i don't even know how long at this point but
2: 20 years
1: we 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 get back to buffalo and yeah the spot they're in they actually have a potential for a future whereas you look at the flyers and go yeah no high-end prospects either uh no high-end talent none coming and no cap
0: space
2: Hmm. Not a lot of picks either.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, a lot of... they, they've, given, they've given away some of their mid-round picks. They have, a, they have some first. They have two firsts coming in 2024. They didn't give away their 2023 firsts. So, like, they they're, not, the first. You're right. they're not as bereft of, of draft picks as people want to seem. Like, I, look, I'd like for them to be stockpiling picks. That'd be great. But, like, they're, at least they haven't given away the real big ones. Not yeah. yet.
1: Not, not yet. yet. Oh, God. Williams. Lots of times. Don't, time don't give them any ideas. 2024. There's a lot of time between now and 2024. That's all I'm saying.
0: Uh, who, who's, this is actually an interesting question. So, like, because I, I, I haven't thought about this, but now I kind of want to. Who is, like, the next player that is actually not that good that GMs will convince themselves is good, and why will that player in a year be a Philadelphia Flyer?
1: Ooh, what a great question. I swear to god if I gotta they look go at next out next year's free agents if they go out next year and spend that Johnny money I don't care if if JVR is coming off the cap and they have it to spend fucking bank it uh, stick it up your ass I will be so obs-
0: upset <laughs> I I can't even mm-hmm. we have to move on yeah I'm so like yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering like do they like I, I can, like, I mean, look, like do, do they you. Do, do they yes. sign do they sign Patrick Kane? Is that what yes. they oh, do? Oh, oh yes! God. <laughs>
1: That's
0: yes. Top.
2: God damn it. Oh no. Oh no.
1: Charlie. <laughs> the the <laughs> narrative here. We should have had him in 07. Patti's now we need we need some high-end talent. We need a guy who's been in the big games before. <laughs> oh yes. It's gonna be Patty Kane. He knows how to win. <laughs> that's probably the best. Honestly, as silly oh as it God. sounds, it's probably the best case scenario. i got to oh look up the free agent no. list for next year.
2: Oh, God. Uh, that's, so, that's so on brand. It's, it's, it's just like totally going to
1: fall off a cliff. He's almost. He's already oh awful no.
0: defensively. He's already yeah, terrible just, defensively.
1: Oh, boy. Like 92 points last year. So, man. Jonathan Taves will be a free agent, too. <laughs> Let's bring them both home. Let's do it. You can't You can't separate oh the boys. Oh, my God. What will it be? Fucking 13 years after they beat us in the cup final, they go get these guys?
2: Yes. yes. Um, because the entire organization is stuck in.
1: Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Vlad Tarasenko, uh, Apache Aready. No, they're,
0: they're, they're too universally accepted to be good, the Flyers. Were I was going
1: like to say, like, they, <laughs> they go for those two
2: guys. They're too no, good. No, no,
0: yeah.
1: Like, but tarasenko they are or like tarasenko is older but he, he had 34 goals good. last year he's still good he was yeah. he had 82 points in 75 games um it's gotta be somebody
2: one... see the thing about patty kane is though does he throw a hit
1: does uh,
0: he... are you
2: scared mm. are you scared to play against patrick
1: kane
0: yeah but like yeah but i think like He's got that cup mentality whatever. And like yeah. we don't we don't care about the bad stuff he's done in his in his personal life. That no. doesn't matter anymore.
1: Mm-mm. Oh yeah, it's over with. Come on. Who knows how to <laughs> win. They've, they've moved on from that one. Um I'm, it's funny cuz like JVR's the answer but he's already
0: here. He's <laughs> already uh, here. I
1: mean, John they could Klingberg. resign him.
0: Don't but I am just of- like it's it's hilarious that I'm now thinking to myself like, okay, who could the Flyers acquire that would irritate me the most? And I'm like, that's who they're going to get. That's who they're yeah. going to get. And it's like, yeah, Patrick uh, Kane's you know, probably real, real close to the top of that list.
1: That's the one. You know, <laughs> it seems like Dylan Larkin's had. We've been. Yeah, but again, he, he, like, he's, he's too good. That would be too much. You know what good. it is? That would be but too like, acceptable. What, what are they going to pay him? Like, is he $10 million? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is what
2: you have to think of. Like, you have to think of a guy that five or six years ago you were super high on that has been irrelevant ever since. And that's the guy the Flyers are going to go with. Because someone in the room will be like, hey, remember uh, Dylan Larkin? He was good that time, right? i mean he's
0: actually good like dylan larkin would be a fun a fun acquisition he's he's a good player and and the thing is like i'm not saying kane's not a good player i'm just saying that like like if you look at his analytics if, if you look at his analytics number one he's so bad defensively now like he is maybe the worst defensive player in hockey right now so like his points are a little bit like they make him look better than he, he is at this point. Mm-hmm. He's older. He'll cost a ton. And obviously, there's very reasonable, like, concerns one can have about his character and, like, could turn off the same people who were turned off by Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. Not to, not to say that, like, D'Angelo has done anything, like, at, like, that what Patrick Kane has been accused of. Yeah. No. But, like... He's way worse. There are There are people in the fan base who would prefer to not have qualms about rooting for players on their team for moral reasons and with the Tony D'Angelo signing it's very clear that the <laughs> yeah. Flyers don't really care about that anymore
1: yeah and like D'Angelo kind of just a garden variety asshole whereas Patrick Kane some far more serious
0: shit uh has at least been you know been not to say of. like something mean, I'm not gonna go as so far as a garden variety but like yeah, there's there's levels of concern and Patrick Kane. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's yeah. Um, there's some real interesting names on this uh, on this. I, creation hate, right. I hate this exercise. That, I can't <laughs> believe you did this to me.
0: I'm sorry, but it's fun in a way.
1: Man, Nathan McKinnon hasn't signed an extension yet. That's interesting. Um, so Buffalo, yeah, get him. Buffalo's the first team at 75 points last year, considerably more than the Flyers at 61. Uh, But they're the first team I get to that I'm like, maybe the Flyers are as good or potentially better than them if things go their way. But when we say things go their way, uh, they're not already. Like, half the team's hurt. No, they're, I mean, and they're in,
0: Buffalo's in that realm where, like, if Tortorella has the impact I think he's going to have, I think the Flyers can surpass them. Yes. Okay. They yeah. they yes. they're, they're in that range. Next up is Detroit. Uh
1: they added Billy Huso, who was awesome for St. Louis yes. last year, fell apart in the mm-hmm. playoffs, gave way to Jordan Bennington getting his job back, but in the regular season, Huso was the man for them. Yeah. There's some young talent, we know the the uh, Iser plan, but also just looking at their roster, they're not good. No. Yeah. They're- I, I could,
2: I mean, if if everything goes wrong for the Flyers, which given the recent history, you know, likely, Why wouldn't that continue to be the case. Exactly. So if everything goes wrong for the Flyers and everything goes right for Detroit, I could maybe see them being like six or seven points ahead of the Flyers in the standings.
0: I just think like I look at Detroit and I see an intelligent well-run organization yeah yes. and, and i tend to give the benefit of the doubt to organizations that i think are intelligent and well-run and they have i mean they have the high-end young talent the flyers don't they have Moritz Sider. they have um they have lucas raymond um they have a couple other guys coming that are legit um they got that edvinson guy the defenseman um i've always been a fan of Jonathan Bergerin. Um, I think he I believe he killed it in the AHL last year. So they've got guys. They got legit players that are coming to provide even more support. And I like the coaching hire they made. I like the fact that they went out and they hired one of the assistants in Tampa. Like
2: huh. t- it was a to, very smart idea.
0: Like, to me, that strikes me as very smart. And granted, like, obviously there's the Eisenman connection there, so it makes sense. But also, like you got the best run organization in hockey. Maybe raid them a little bit.
1: That's it. Charlie, you you're a baseball fan. Like when the Phillies go out and get their front office personnel from uh say Baltimore or the Angels, it's like, "Well, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. Why don't you go to the uh good teams yeah. and take their guys? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Detroit's doing. And again, Detroit maybe not that good this year. Much better spot. Like, just, you name two guys, Sider and Raymond. Boom. Young talent that could be star-level players. Flyers don't have any of that. Um, At least maybe, you know, Cutter Gauthier is a little while away. Well, but uh, the spot Detroit's in, I'd rather be them. And given how the organization is just well-run with, with Iserman at the top, they're probably better than... The total of their
0: players on paper. Yeah, and like I mean, they made some ads this year. Like they 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 added in this offseason. They added Andrew Cop, who's a good player. They added David yeah. Perron, who's a good player. They um, added yeah, I They added that. Ben Sherrod, who whatever. Ben I don't Sherrod, baby. Good. But yeah. like that was that was the one move they made where was like really like you're you're Stevie, you're falling into that trap. You're thinking that guy's good, like really he's but, still one of the hockey men remember he, yeah he still is still a hockey one, he's, man he's he's maybe the smartest <laughs> but it's a low bar to clear it's still part and then they got Billy Husso, who again as you said he could be an upgrade he could be a real upgrade in oh, yeah. goal like detroit if if everything breaks right for them they could be in the same realm as columbus where they're like exciting non like a competitive non playoff team and you're like man next year that team is going to be good.
1: Yeah, and, and, like, we're judging them on what we saw last year.
0: Raymond and Sider could both take gigantic steps. And I think be- Raymond, like, Sider is already awesome. Raymond yeah. is the one who I think has more room to get even better. Like, I, like if, if Sider takes another step, like, holy shit. Mm. Then we're talking, like, top five defensemen in the NHL good, because he was freaking great. Now we get, so Detroit,
1: yeah, even if they're just stagnate, they were better than the Flyers last year, and they made some ads. They improved a team that's on a path. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not about 2022-23 to them, but they are on a path. Detroit's a well-run organization. Now we get to Ottawa. 73 points in the standings. I hate them so goddamn much. Ooh, now they have. for you. Now they have G and DeBrinket, Like, yep. They got our boy, and they gave him the goal scorer. And it has to be on the team I hate most in the league. It's I, so I, funny to me that you it's hate them so, so much. It will never not be funny. It's so fucking <laughs> angering to think that this could be a pretty good team this year. Yeah, like, really I expect could. them to... Mm-hmm. I, like Of this middle range of teams, like the Islanders we think will be better. They could maybe be the team. But of this like middle range that we're covering now, Columbus, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa... I think the biggest jump in terms of total points in the standings could be Ottawa this Oh, year.
2: for sure. I would, like, expect that Ottawa is going to take the biggest jump in points. Like, just, it, they had nothing last year.
1: And yeah. if, they, if they have 20 more points, they're still seven points out of a playoff spot, but it's yeah. just, they, they have a lot of room to grow, and I, they added some fucking talent, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they have young – like, not only do they add talent, they have young yeah. talent. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would assume that Jake Sanderson is going to make the NHL this year, and he's, like, one of the best prospects in hockey. Um, so that'll help. That'll definitely give some support to Shabbat, who's kind of just been carrying that entire defense. Mm-hmm. They have some pieces. I, I wonder if we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with Ottawa, where, like, you know, they're still not great. But they're exciting. They're going to be fun. They got fun players.
2: Yeah, I'm not no. saying that they're going to be, like, good. But I'm saying, like, just, like, change from last season, I yeah. think, is going to be a huge, a huge jump.
1: It's actually really, really funny to see Giroux and then the ages of all the other forwards and basically everyone else on the roster. Like, the forwards. They're, like,
2: 12 years old.
1: It's He's 34. <laughs> And yeah, he'll be 35 in January, and the next closest forward is 30. They, it's like Giroux is literally Dad Giroux now.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. No, he Brady, is. He is. He is, Dad is the
1: Yeah, Brady Kachuk is the captain. He's 22. Josh Norris, 23. debrinkit like a veteran, 40 goal scorer at this point. He's only 24. Uh, Tim Stutzel, 20. It's very funny to see what this team is. Like, Austin Watson is the only other forward over 30, uh, and he's 30. It, it's very – this is a hilarious team. I wish yeah. they weren't – if this was any other organization in the sport, I'd be looking forward to watching
0: them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and they're, oh, they're, so it's, kinda, it's kind of a cool story, too. Like, look, like, I mean, we, we talked ad nauseum about Eugene Melnick. I don't think anybody wanted to see the guy die. But, like, there is, there is a certain element of, like, you know, moving past the Eugene Melnick era. Like, there's yeah. literally, like, two college girls own the team now. And, like, they had just had, like, the best offseason they've had in years. Like, this it is rolls. incredible. It, it, is, it is awesome. It is so cool. Like, this is a team that finally, for the first time in maybe, like, a decade, actually has good vibes around it well i not i i guess it would have been the last time when the the, when when they got to the conference final and they took they took the pit to overtime that that was the last time they were good vibes around this team since then it's been all bad vibes all the time and now it's like oh man Otto was kind of fun
1: and like that team it was it was it's so funny that they, they got there and then everybody hated, like, it, it all fell apart. Everybody hated each other. Everyone got hurt. It was just, it became awful from there for them. But they have uh, moved on and turned it around in considerably quick fashion. Pretty hmm. quick. It's pretty wild how quickly you can turn it around, isn't it? Yeah. yeah when you, a when
0: you, of, draft, of when you draft in the top five for a few years, amazing. Huh. You tend to get huh. good players. It's weird. I know you, you it's had
1: shocking. D- weird. You had high end talent, you couldn't keep it, so you got rid of it, and then in order to replace it, you did the only thing you can do and drafted it. Mm. Weird. What do you mm. know? Weird. So yes. yeah uh, Ottawa could be in that um Columbus range where they're maybe fun to watch. Not great, but again, the spot they're in. Um yeah. And they're could look, this team's going to score some fucking goals, man. Like, <laughs> they're going to score. They have Gian Dabrinkit and all those young guys I named. They're going to score. For sure. Uh, the Flyers aren't. So, yeah, I'm taking Ottawa all day. Now we get to the shit teams. The real just, I mean, there's a 10-point drop from Ottawa at 73 to the next team, Jersey at 63. Uh, Jersey, however... A little better than their record last year. It really kind of came down to goaltending for them. We know what mm-hmm. they're building there. Um, they brought in, whether this works or not, they brought in a goalie in Vitek Vanacek. Uh He was up and down last year for, for Washington. Kind of took over in that in that role for them when uh, blanking. Who fell apart? Uh, Samsonov. Blackwood? Samsonov? Oh, yeah, Samsonov. Samsonov. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he fell apart. He'll be 27 in January, so kind of in that, that range where goalies may be coming to their own. It's very funny to see his stats, Vanacek. His first season, he made 36 starts, played 37 games, 908 save percentage, 269 goals against. His second season, 39 starts, 42 games, 908 save percentage, 267 goals against. He was the exact same player two years in a row, so uh, you wonder like, are th- is there more? Is or is this what he is? Uh, but you know, only two year sample size as a goaltender here, he's got to be an upgrade over Mac Black, right? Oh, for sure, because he is I mean, and, and real and,
0: like, bad. Yeah, and like maybe Blackwood bounces back. You never know. Um, I mean, I was never super sold on him, but like he had some decent years. So like maybe he bounces back. They 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 got better. I do I do want to point out that it is really really funny, and this is because I just hate the Devils. Like I will never forgive the Devils for ruining hockey. But it's real real funny that Johnny picked the Columbus Blue Jackets over the Devils. That makes he's me one smiling. of us. He's, that makes yeah, me
1: I mean he's he's a Flyers fan who wanted to play for the Flyers. Yeah, um, just his lifelong was... dream. It's no big deal. Yeah, you yeah. know, whatever.
0: But the he fact was... that like he strung the devils along, it was like, all right, does <laughs> <laughs> anybody else have an offer? Anyone? Yeah, anyone?
2: Like... Literally <laughs> anyone. I'll go to like, Ohio.
1: If in back-to-back off seasons they got Dougie Hamilton and Johnny Gudreau, I'd put my fucking fist through a wall. Yeah. Like Flyers are sitting here on Baltic with crack and. <laughs> You like that one Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> like and it's the goddamn devils and they're like a free agent destination? It's a joke. Yeah.
0: But, uh, so but so they so they went out, they went out, they got Andre Pilat in free agency. So yeah. they got that like the veteran cup winner who can show the kids how to win, which like did they, did they overpay him a little? Yeah, probably. But you know what, sure. with all the guys they got on entry level contracts with all the young guys I, I'm okay with a signing like that. I'm okay with a character signing of a guy who is still good, like I, that. That's a, that's an acceptable overpay for me. That's fine, and he's still a good player. Then they especially for, on it, th- they, they traded no, for okay. John Marino, who's who's more of a little bit more of a reclamation project. But at one time, the Penguins thought he was a first pair defensive. So I see what they see. I see why they're, they're they think he's a worthwhile risk.
1: And they're in a uh, like they're in this spot where they have this good young talent, why wouldn't you want to put a Palat with, like, yeah. it seems like, like, it's a good, yeah, 6 million, that's a lot for Andre Palat. You don't know what he is away from Tampa, you know? But it seems like a good character signing when you have these young players who, man, could be on the cusp of something really good. Uh, It's, I like what the Devils have. I hate to say it. But uh, looking at their roster, I think they should be considerably better. And yes. again, 63 yeah, points agree. last year. Considerably better is still one of the worst teams. Uh, but man, I would take their roster over the Flyers every single day. Oh, absolutely. It's
2: very weird that they're not better. And maybe this is the year that they finally put it together. I keep thinking, like, how many times can they have a really good offseason and still be shit? Like maybe this is the year they aren't shit anymore. But
1: so that brings us to our flyers. at sixty-one oh, points, uh, second to worst, second to worst team in the East last year. Uh, what were they? Fourth worst in the NHL. Just a shit show. Uh, they're getting Hayes <laughs> back. They're getting Couturier back. That's it. That's Ryan their Ellis office. is still Hoping. a myth. He That's, did. Oh. Something I wanted to ask, because it's a little confusing the way it's set up on Cap Friendly, because they still have, like, Ellis listed as, uh, as injured reserve, but he currently is counting against the yeah. cap, right? Yeah, he's not on yeah. long-term
0: so, injured reserve. Him and Gatorre are both still counting as the cap.
1: Yeah, so... They... Like, the cap number is with him. Yes. Because so, I was just thinking today, if he's, say, all of a sudden healthy... Can they even afford to bring him back? Well, they, but they this can. is with him. Yeah, they this can. is with him. Uh, like they have to. Cl- they're still a little over right now, but they'll get that figured out by the start of the season. So this cap number is with L. El- okay, that's just. I didn't feel like doing the math. I figured. Yeah, I the, the, the
0: Flyers. The Flyers' whole cap friendly thing. Like I have my own spreadsheet that I use because the cap friendly okay. is so fucked. Like they have. They have Ronnie Adder on the roster. Like, I don't think he's making the team. Like maybe Nick Sealer's the seven, but like if Ellis can play, he's not making the team. So like yeah. you're not gonna have both those guys on the roster at the same time. Like Bobby Brink is on the roster, he's not even gonna play until December. So like there is a lot of things on this cat friendly roster that like aren't correct.
1: Okay, and like the, especially the depth players. There's guys. Fedotov is be the, up the backup day.
0: goalie. Like, come on. Yeah. He's not. He's not gonna be the NHL backup goalie this year, gang. Spoiler not alert. This year. Oh my
1: god,
2: he's Jesus. Busy. Fuck.
0: It's it, like.
1: They don't have a goal. The they backup goaltending
2: situation is low key the most hilarious part of all it, of those. They don't
1: have one.
2: It's they insane. Have Troy Grosnick, what's like, wrong with it's, you? Yeah,
1: Troy Grosnick, who's got four more NHL games than me and you. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. He's 31. Fine. He's not some prospect. He's 31. What's the problem? I, I'm just. I am. This team, man. So that's the Flyers. We, we, listen, if I don't you want to hear us get into the Flyers, listen to the fucking archives. It's depressing. Um, and finally, we have Montreal. Now, Montreal, 55 standings points. They were so bad last year. They started 8, 30, and 7. That is a 42-point pace. A 42-point pace in an 82-game season. Um, then. Marty St. Louis became their coach. He was hired on February 10th. From then on, they played on a 71-point pace. Now, listen, that's not anything special, um, but they were they went from an AHL team to an actual NHL team. And from that point, MSL hired on February 10th. Cole Caulfield, 30 games played before that, one goal, seven assists. The following 37 games, 22 goals, 13 assists.
2: Interesting.
1: Nick Suzuki, 45 games before St. Louis, 9 goals, 18 assists. 37 games after, 12 goals, 22 assists. That's their two leading scorers right there, who were horrible to start the year. Nick Suzuki was okay, but eh. And then scored at basically the same pace in far fewer games under St. Louis. Cole Caulfield, totally different player once they changed coaches. They've made some additions. Montreal is going to be
0: so much better than the Flyers this year if they have yeah. like a, if they have a goalie, if they have a goalie. Yeah, I'm. I'm not as I. I still look at Montreal's roster, and I mean that defense is ugly. Like at least the Flyers have Pruvost and Sanheim, and we think York will be pretty decent. And I like and like D'Angelo's D'Angelo. Like I mean tony d'angelo and now you know i'm not that high on tony d'angelo tony d'angelo is better than every defenseman they have
1: oh listen like none of us are high on tony d'angelo but i think we all recognize he's a good like he has elements of his game that like this is a
0: good overall he's a he's a above average nhl player without a doubt
1: yeah he's a good nhl player it's just like oh we're gonna play him on the first pair oh uh, that sounds like a good idea yeah Mm. good job good job chuck uh, but overall, like, he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, yeah but like, I, they absolutely yeah. have some holes.
0: They have some big, big holes. I just, I think that this team, they know that. And, like, St. Louis is a competent coach. Like, that is true. He is, he is at the very least base level competent. And it was cool to see them be not completely historically awful when he took over. Um, I still don't think this team is very good. I think the Flyers are more talented than this team.
1: You think the Flyers are more talented than Montreal. All right, And yes. that gets us. Well, for, Is Price going to be enough net for them? What's going on with Carey Price? I have Does not
0: followed have, that situation that closely, to be honest with
1: you. I was I like, know. I thought I heard he retired, so I looked it up, and that's no. not the case. And then I thought he was getting traded, and that doesn't seem to be happening. I don't know what's going on with Carey Price. But if they have a goaltender, I think they might be on par with the Flyers, with a little more upside. I don't know. I, the Flyers, assuming some full health, and when I say assuming full health, that doesn't include Ryan Ellis because he doesn't ah. exist. <laughs> um, assuming full health, uh, full health minus Ellis. That's when they get Farabee back, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How many of the teams that we've talked about do you think the Flyers have a better roster than? Charlie said Montreal. He believes Montreal. Anyone else?
0: I could see Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. I could see Buffalo. Buffalo
1: Buffalo was the first team when I was looking at it. I was like, yeah, there's just nothing There's nothing right now I like about this team. There's stuff you look at going forward. Uh, Detroit, just because of the— Maybe, yeah. I think you could argue Detroit if, if Philly's fully stopped. I think Detroit could be what I think the Flyers are, like, or what I thought the Flyers were before this exercise. Detroit could be aggressively mediocre. Like, they could, they look like maybe they could be an 85 point team, all things like when it shakes out. Like, they're not close to the playoffs, but also, you know, they're not bad. Um, but I think there's some downside with Detroit. At best, the Flyers are one of the four worst teams in the East, right? It's a logical assumption.
2: That, based I think that what we currently know about them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, again, this goes back to what we're saying they are really banking on John Tortorella. Being the like the main reason why this team gets better—that's what they're banking on. Because what else could they can, be banking on? They didn't do anything else aside so from get Tony true. D'Angelo.
1: Like if he was that good of a coach, like uh, why He'd never would he get be... fired? He'd yeah. never
2: get fired.
1: And like I get the short shelf life and stuff, but why wouldn't he have five rings if he? Why wouldn't a team that's pretty good get him and then they'd be fucking great? Right? Yeah. Like what? Wh- what is stopping him from being the best coach of all time if he's able to turn this Flyers team into something, uh, something beyond a lottery team?
0: It's a completely fair point. I know, it's, and I, I'm, I'm I know just it's saying your, this is what they're trying know, to do.
1: I, I know it's not your assertion, Charlie. It's it's a more of a hypothetical, like the Royal. What are you thinking here? You know, like not you, the Royal you. I mean, like what I just. So- yeah. I get the idea. It just seems fucking unrealistic to say that this 61-point team is going to get back two aging centers, and, oh, it's, it's all better.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, honestly, is that the one thing this exercise told me more than anything, it's not, that, it's not that I think that the Flyers— like, it's not that— I'm trying to think the right way to word this— this just reminded me that a lot of the other teams in the East are maybe better than I thought they were, even the ones that aren't yeah. that good. And that they are, yeah. like, because in all honesty, like, the, look, we know the Flyers aren't that good. But the Flyers do have some legitimate strengths. They do have a lot of depth up front. Now, they don't have high-end talent, but they do have a lot of good forwards. They have a lot of forwards who, like, are good. Mo- a lot of teams don't have that. A lot of teams don't have depth. They are, they are two line teams. The Flyers have guys that, you know, in theory, they could roll three lines of pretty good players. The Flyers have at least half of a good defense. Not a great defense, but Ivan Proveroff, Travis Sandheim, Antonio D'Angelo are all good defensemen. Not every team has even three good defensemen. We just looked at, uh, at Montreal, they have maybe zero. Um, but the thing is, is, and then they have Carter Hart. And Carter Hart like looks, at, at the very least, I think is a good goalie. Now, is he ever going to be a great goalie? I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I think he's a good goalie. So the Flyers do have some strengths. The thing is, is that you look at a lot of the other teams in this, in, in this conference. The Islanders had the year from hell. They're serious bounce-back candidates. Columbus got the best free agent on the market. Buffalo has, is adding a Calder candidate and like, yeah. And they have $20 million of the cast base and they're still like, not obviously less talented than the Flyers. Detroit has two superstar young players and made a bunch of like useful free Asian ads, which the Flyers did not. Ottawa got Alex Brincan and Claude Giroux. The Devils, we agree, were torpedoed by their goaltending last year and they made some, some ads that'll make them better. Like to me, it's less that like, I come out of this thinking like, oh man, the Flyers really suck. And it's more that their other teams in the East are maybe better than I gave them credit for.
1: And that's like, that's why I wanted to do this. Because I've been saying now the, the, for, for months, the Flyers are going to be my biggest fear, mediocre. And while maybe the roster itself, you could come to that conclusion, Comparing it to everyone else, it's just not going to be the case. Like they might be, they might be better than last year and still suck because all yeah. of the teams that they play every night, yeah, just got better. They just point. got better. The one thing holding them back is that like the West is still so top heavy. Like that's the thing yeah. stopping them from the real Bedard sweepstakes. Is the West is so top heavy and they have a lot of teams at the bottom. Um. You know, there's an AHL team playing in Arizona. You know, like, what are you going to do? But uh, just this exercise, I guess, yeah, it was more about thinking, oh, a lot of teams are just in a much better position than the Flyers, even if they're better.
0: How much better? Because they're not better than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a legitimately really good point. And one thing, there's something to be said about this, like, We talked about this last year, and it's still the case. The Eastern Conference is way better than the West. So
1: much better. It's so annoying. It's fucking... I mean, there were... At one point last year, if you were going to go by Vegas's reputation and Calgary coming into their own, three legitimate contenders. Vegas fell off, and now... Calgary lost, you know, its two best players. They did just give Huberto 80 million bucks, but yeah, that uh, wild. they lost their two best players. The West has like one elite team
0: and um, nothing. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah.
1: yeah, the Flyers could
0: probably make the playoffs
1: out West or at least I be think in the I think if the,
0: if the Flyers were in the West, I think they would be in the conversation. I don't think they would make it. In the conversation. But, but they would in be the in the mix.
1: They'd be in the mix. Yeah. Oh, the fucking Kings made the playoffs last year. They bet they're, they'd they're be in the mix.
0: <laughs> like, the, the Jets Western were The Conference Jets were in the were mix. The Jets yeah. were in the mix until the very end, and that locker room, everyone hated each other. Yep. They were the literally taking like, shots. They were taking shots at each other in the exit interviews. Like, the coach legitimately
1: went, eh, I'm not the guy for this. For this <laughs> yeah, right? you're gonna you're gonna want to find someone else to do this shit because it ain't me babe um, but yeah that's the west and that's the thing that i think more than anything is gonna keep maybe the flyers out of the bedard sweepstakes is the west is god fucking awful um the one thing is they're all so bad maybe they'll all just have mediocre records like they'll all just like fucking beat each other in shootouts every single month. yeah who knows uh but that's so that's it. That's the, that's the exercise I wanted to play today. We had a real long show. I thank, uh, thank Charlie and Kelly for playing along with me in my my ramblings that I, I put these ideas together. I'm like, I don't know, maybe it'll be a good show. Let's just talk about every other team. I think we, I, I we kind of nailed it. I think this was a real good show to put the Flyers into perspective. I think so too,
2: William. An excellent job as always.
1: Oh <laughs> It was real hard to just good job, think though. about other teams. It was such a nice... It was such a nice break, honestly. <laughs> Let me put to- I'm going to put together a show about 16 teams I don't fucking hate. Well, 15. Uh, well, 14, I guess. 14. Ottawa. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever they're podcasting. Boom. Content, baby. We keep rolling. Look at this. Flyers did nothing. We just did a 90-minute episode. You're welcome. Uh, so that's it for us. For Charlie, for Kelly, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!